Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I was on the street and he was on the sidewalk, so I went up to him and slapped him. You what? Yeah. You did what? And wait, 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 wait. You did what? I slapped him. You slapped him where? In his face. You slapped him in the face? Yes. Why? This is the plaintiff, Roberto Alisea. He says he ordered some furniture from the defendant, and the guy never delivered his end tables. Things got real nasty with him. They came to blows. The cops came, and the whole thing turned into a great big mess. Bottom line, he paid him $100 for some end tables, and he wants a refund. So he's suing. This is the defendant, Mohammed Darwish. He says the tables were delayed five weeks due to the pandemic. The plaintiff didn't want to hear that. The guy slapped him. He was arrested and owes nothing because it wasn't his fault the end tables were delayed. He's accused of a furniture fiasco. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Okay, thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Mr. Alicia, you are suing My Home Furniture Incorporated, represented here by Mr. Darwish, for $100 that you say you paid him for two $50 end tables and you never received it. Tell me what happened. Yes, I went to buy uh, some furniture business. It was a futon, a recliner, a bed, and uh, two end tables. Stop things off. It took like a week to bring me my furniture. So at some point then, the furniture all comes, but the end tables are missing, correct? That's correct. Yes. All right. So, so when the, the when they table. came and they brought you the the furniture and the end tables are missing, what do you tell the delivery person? Well, actually, I told them uh, where the end tables. They told me you have to speak to the boss. So I called the boss and he tells me you can't get the end table today. You can get them next week sometime. And then I call them next week. Tells me you still can get the end tables. Uh, you're gonna have to call me back like another week. So it's already two weeks. So I went to his office and uh, I asked him about the end tables. So he told me, oh, because of the COVID, this and that. I said, okay, I understand. He shook my hand and told me for sure on this day. You're going to get him. So when that day comes, I called him first to make sure I'm in the house. And he tells me that he doesn't have the end table. He doesn't give me an explanation. So I go down to his place of business again. I was on the 20th. So he told me on the, on the 24th, you're going to have it for sure. He shook hands again? Two, two times. Okay. Two times. Two times. And, you know, uh, you being Hispanic and me being Hispanic, you know, when two men shake each other's hand, 
And when they give you their word, I mean, that's, to me, it's something big. So then on the 24th, I call them and I tell them, listen, tell me I'm going to get my end, my end table today. What's going on? He says, yo, I can't get your end table today. That's it. And he slammed the phone. I mean, he didn't give me no explanation. So I went to his place of business. He was loading up a, a, a black van. And I saw him and I got out of my car and everything happened in the street. I had no time that I go inside the store. So... And yeah, what happened in the street? Him. I was on the street and he was on the sidewalk. So I went up to him and slapped him. You what? Yeah. You did what? And wait, 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 wait. You did what? I slapped him. You slapped him where? In his face. You slapped him in the face? Yes. Why? Because, well, we shook hands twice. Come on. Uh, uh, Mr. Darwish, he really <laughs> wants these end tables. On the day of delivery... He's supposed to pay $50 delivery. Does he pay that or does he withhold it? No, he doesn't. I withhold it no, to everything. You withhold paid. everybody's in, uh, on in agreement everything. that $50 delivery charge was withheld. Okay, so go on. The intel weren't in stock. This is something I had to order. He comes in, he calls me, like, you know, I explain to him, listen, there's a pandemic going on. They don't know exact date. He comes into my store. I show him my computer screen. We ordered this date. We're going to get him that day. It's a oh, prediction. Oh, he tells yeah, me, yeah, yeah. he offers, he always wants to shake my hand. I, like, I explain it to him more than once, more than twice. I offer it. like, listen, if you can't wait, I'd be more than happy to give you money back, but there's a delay now. Okay. The first time he calls, he's being obnoxious. No, you're not a businessman. All that stuff. He's being obnoxious on the phone. The second time he calls, the same thing. I was like, listen. We didn't get him. When I get him, I get, I'll let you know. I just hung up the phone. This guy got upset. He approached me with it with a knife. A knife? I mean, I don't know about the slapping. Wait, a I don't knife. know about the slapping. He Did he slap? Wait, knife. wait, 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 wait. Back it up. You're out there. You're loading a van or supervising the loading of a van. And what happens? Next thing I know, this guy comes approaching me with a knife. What does he do with the knife? Is he waving it at you? Is he he's, holding it at his side? No, what is he's, he do? He's, he's charging at me with a knife. He's running at, at you with a knife. knife. Exactly. Went back to my store. I got this pipe. Okay. If it gets any closer, I have to protect myself here. I mean, so uh, the people in the street got involved. Wait, no, stop, stop. No, no, no. We're not fast forwarding. You come out of the store with a pipe. And what happens? I threatened him. He's like, you come any closer, you're going to get hurt. And what does he say or do? He's also, you know, you tell me how uh, how dare I hang up the phone while he's calling me because, you know, who am I to hang up the phone? And he just. Where's the knife while that's happening? It was, in, it was in his hand. So is anybody calling the police? Yeah, I had a customer, that, the same lady that was helping uh, loading uh, her dresser in her car. She called the cops. And then what happens? Did the cops come? Yeah, the cops came. And what happens to I mean, Mr. He was, Alicia? He, was, uh, he got arrested. He got arrested? Mr. Alicia, did you have a knife? I slapped him like I told you. Did you he have a back. knife? I had a butter knife. You did have a, a knife. knife. What'd you do with the knife? Yeah. I had it in my hand. And when he, Why? When he went inside his Over end tables? What? You're a grown man. Why would you have a knife yes. in your hand and approach this guy over? But, Why would you do that? Well, it was, but it wasn't like a like a Rambo knife. It was like a little pocket knife that you have in the glove compartment. Why are you approaching the guy? No, Why are you going there to have a confrontation and with a knife in your hand? Don't you understand the trouble you could be in? Yes, but I didn't do anything with it. I threw it in the floor. Mr. Alicia, you got arrested, right? Yes. Have you ever been arrested before? Yes. Okay. How many times? Uh, a couple of times. What's a couple? Two or ten? Like about twice. This time and another time. Okay. Mr. Darwish, the real burning question in this entire inquiry, where are those end tables? <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I canceled them. I canceled them right away. I'm like, even if I got it. Did you I'm, refund his money? No. Did you ever communicate with him after his arrest? No. Why should I? Then why? here's what's happening. Number one, the delivery charge of $50 is still owed to you. And number two, you owe him $100 for the end tables. You don't get to cancel it and not refund his money, which means there is a net judgment in favor of Mr. Alicia in the amount of $50. Yes. Right. Thank you. Exactly. My verdict is for Mr. Alicia, $50. So the plaintiff is going to get $50, not $100. Mr. Darwish, you ever had an episode like this before in your store? Somebody never, come after you like never. that? I've been here for 20 years. I never had a character like that. You won't forget him, will you? No. All right. Mr. Alicia, how do you feel about the outcome of the case? I'm glad with the verdict. You're glad of the verdict. 50 bucks. All right. Well, congratulations. Harvey, <laughs> what do you think? Well, Doug, here's the deal. Uh, the violence here actually means nothing. Ultimately, the end tables didn't arrive, so the plaintiff gets the money. Marilyn, are you a good cook? Do you cook Cuban food? And if so, what is your specialty? Is John handy around the house? And what is his go-to chore? Well, uh, am I a good cook? Yeah, you're a great you cook. You better say that. Yeah. This is a hand that feeds you. But um, I, I think now that the kids are gone, we both do a lot of the cooking. That's true. And it's kind of an activity and it's more fun. Yeah. Um, and we did those delivery meals where you Yeah, we did the HelloFresh thing yeah. where we're... Did some uh, of that yeah. for a while. But yes, I cook Hispanic food. I cook Cuban food. Uh, so what are a couple of the Cuban things that you make? The totones relleno, you love those, yeah, those are good. which are the plantains filled right. with shrimp, like Creole shrimp Creole inside, shrimp, right. right? Or picadillo, which is right. just a simple ground, well, it's not simple, it has a lot of flavor, but it's ground beef with, and I make it with olives and little uh, potatoes. But yeah, a lot of times we just make do or order in. But Absolutely. are you handy around the house? I would say, yes, I think you're handy. I think I'm handy around the house. You are really handy around I've the house. I've started to figure you out. You fixed the dishwasher I the did. Other day, I cleaned like, the, the filter of the dishwasher. The dishwasher's broken. I'm like getting ready to dial the repairman. Right. You're like, just stand back a minute. Right. I, you know how I learned how to fix a dishwasher? From my daughter, Christy, when she was going off to college. Because yeah. I, I was crying and saying, I haven't even taught you how to sew a button. And she looked at me. She goes, I know how to sew a button. Right. I said, how do you sew a button? She says, you put into YouTube, how awesome. do you sew a button? Right. Thank God you got the dishwasher working again. That thing was just completely dead. Then I started doing maintenance on various right. and sundry appliances. Right. Just <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, Brian Gibbons. He says he purchased a car from the defendant and the guy deceived him into thinking the car was roadworthy. The flim-flam scam man purchased the car at Plunker Junker and then sold it to him as a drivable car, which it wasn't. He's suing for $7,000. The amount he's now out. This is the defendant, Alvaro Gavea. He says he sold the plane of a car with over 125,000 miles on it. He told the guy before the sale there's no warranty on it. 
and he said he didn't care and bought the car. Owe him a full refund all these months later? No way. He's accused of being full of deceit. All parties, please raise your right hands. Thank you, Doctor. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Gibbons, you are suing Mr. Gouveia's auto sales dealership for $7,000. You say you're actually out more that in damages because he sold you a lemon. Talk to me. Tell me what happened. Yes, thank you, Your Honor. Um, I saw an ad on Facebook for a car, a 2007 Chrysler Pacifica. Um, I sent Mr. Gouveia a message. He described it to me that it was his everyday driver. Okay. Um, that he drove the car personally and that that's how he knew the car was reliable. Uh, my girlfriend has three children and it was just something that, you know, if we needed to get around, I told him, I said, hey, I've had problems in the past when I bought used cars. I'm looking for something that I can trust. It's reliable that, you know, it runs, it's safe, it'll get us where we're going. Um, and it wasn't a ton of money, so I didn't expect, you know, a perfect car. It's not a new car. It was a used car, and I knew that. And what happens? So the very next day after I purchased the car, I noticed that what was happening was the RPMs were revving. Wait, before that, like on your, in your complaint, you say that when you were about to buy it, it wouldn't start. Is that correct? Yes. And that was something that he explained to me that the car, um, the battery just needed to some time to is that just about the time you decided i just have to have this car when i go and uh, to chest drive it and it won't start that was just too enticing for you to pass up what are you a tire kicker oh it's pretty the car won't start and you're complaining because a car it's not a reliable car but it's so pretty i mean come on where did you where did you go look at the car at a dealership or at his house i met him at the dealership and then we drove to his house and then when you go to turn it to turn it on, it won't turn on. He jumps it. Then he says, go for a long drive and charge the battery. So you drove it around and he's in the passenger seat. And how long are you doing that? Um, we just went for a, a fairly short drive, maybe 10 or 15 minutes or so. We went around his neighborhood. All right. So then what happens? You buy the car and uh, for one thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars. The car yes. uh, has one hundred and twenty five thousand plus miles on it. Do you get a bill of sale? Yes. So then uh, what happens? What's the first thing that goes wrong? The day after I purchased the car, it again needed to be jump started. But I, I, he did say that, you know, there's a potential that you might have to get a battery. Okay. And he agreed to that. The original deal was for $2,000. And then he said, I'll take $50 off of it. and You can go buy your own battery. I'll basically split a battery with you. Okay. So the next day, what was happening was I had tried to drive the car up on the highway. I was going to take it and get it inspected and registered and whatnot. And the car was revving up to very high RPMs, but not shifting. It wasn't kicking into the next gear. And I just immediately got on the phone and called them. Now, it hadn't been doing that the day before, right? Not at all. Okay. So go on. So I called him and I said, hey, I don't know what's the matter with the transmission, but I'm going to bring it up to you. I'm going to bring it to the to your dealership, to the lot. And he said, to okay, do I'll what meet with you it? there. And- to have him look at it? Yes. Okay. Yep, to try to figure out what was going on. So I brought it right to him, and uh, he met me outside, and he basically jumped in the car. Now, also, in, in the time from when I had these issues to when I got there, the check engine light came on. So when I got there, I said, hey, the check engine light's on in this car. The transmission's not shifting gears. What's going on with this thing? Just got it from you yesterday. And he said, nothing, nothing's wrong with it. Uh, let's go for a ride. And he got into the uh, driver's seat, um, said, hop in the car. And we drove it down the street. He basically put the 
kind of put the, the pedal gas pedal to the floor and said, it seems like it's driving okay to me. We're going, you know, 25, 30 miles an hour. I said, well, yeah, can't hear the noise that it's making. It's whining. And the RPMs, you know, you're on a side street and it's up to five RPMs. I mean, you can hear that it was, it wasn't running right. It was, it was definitely an issue. So what he did was we drove over the next street. Um, there was a transmission shop. And he said, this is the guy that, that fixed the transmission for me before I sold it to you. And I said, well, I asked you if you had any mechanical issues. And now you're telling me that you brought it to a transmission shop and somebody, what do you mean they fixed it? So we got there. He went inside. I stayed outside the, you know, the oh, shop. Oh, bad idea. Um, I would accompany him right in there so he doesn't have a chance oh, to say right. anything to him. Go ahead. Right. right. So this uh, person came out and all he said was, yeah, what's the matter? I looked at this car. There's nothing wrong with it. And I said, well, you, you don't even know what's going on. You don't even know what I'm saying. I, I haven't told you anything yet. What do you mean there's nothing going on? Mr. Gouvea, will you please tell me, what was the point of taking it to a transmission guy who won't listen to the transmission? You want to, uh, first of all, this man's lying like crazy. But let, me, let me explain to you. Just answer my question. Did your transmission guy that you took it to get in the car and I, dri- drive I, the car? I, I did not talk to a transmission guy. This man come to me and he says, I took this car to my mechanic. And my mechanic told me that the transmission has all the flu, has more oil than supposed to. Okay, so hold on. Then let me back up and let me ask a different question. So you take the car to a different mechanic when? Um, Within 10 minutes of, of us leaving that transmission shop, I drove it to the garage I've taken my cars to for years. Okay. And that person, do, do they write out a report? They didn't. They said, you, you just bought this car yesterday. Take it back. He said, I, I can charge you whatever you want. He said, you know, if you want me to go over this and tell you that whatever the problem is, he said, I can do that, but I'm going to charge you for it. It's probably a couple hundred dollars. So you have nothing from said, another mechanic saying anything. It's just you telling me what a mechanic told you. So, but you have no evidence from another mechanic. Later on, I did. Not okay. from the mechanic so I brought it to fine. that day after. So the- that's fine. So when do you get a, a, a report from a mechanic? Um, so on January 18th, I took the car to get it inspected. Okay. And it failed inspection. Indeed it did. Failed an emissions um, test. And then it says on the second page there, um, your vehicle has failed its emissions test due to a problem with the engine or emission control system found in the onboard diagnostic system. So when did you buy the car? What date? On January 13th. So that is six days later. And what do you do when you receive this ins- failed inspection? What do you do? I told him I want my money back. So, Mr. Gouveia, when he tells you I want my money back at failed inspection, what do you tell him? He told me the failed inspection for emissions. So for emissions, I ask him, what, ask him, ask him to, to check with somebody to know exactly what it is or bring it to me. So he never brought it to me. You brought it to some to another mechanic. I don't care what's wrong with it. I care that it failed inspection. So did he tell you he wanted his money back? No, he never said that. He says he he told he told me that the car failed inspection. I told him bring it to somebody to know exactly what it is. Well, bring it to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of that. So you tell him go take it to either my place or a place and find out what's needed. Do you hear from him after he does that? Does he do that? Does he take it to a place? And then let you know what they said? He told me that was the, 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 whatever the code was, which is a C045, whatever that is, that was, 
was a Cadillac Convertible. So what I did, I purchased... Okay, I Mr. Purchased Gibbons, did you take it to another shop after the failure? Yes, uh, eventually. And, and I, What's you know, eventually? Did I wait too long? Eventually short. is the problem I'm, we're having, Mr. Gibbons. <laughs> when you say eventually, when is eventually? February 28th? No, I had brought it to my own mechanic who just said Do you have any a problem evidence with the that your mechanic said return the car? Because I asked you that at the beginning of the trial, and it's not hard for you to get – you just said I have nothing in writing. Do you have an affidavit from that mechanic who said you need to return this car? This is a problem. Do you have anything? I don't. Okay. So now I need to know between the failure of inspection on the 18th and your demand letter, did you take it to a mechanic? Yes. The demand letter isn't until the end of March, correct? I sent it to him on March 16th. Middle of March. And the mechanic you took it to inspected that car. Is there anything in writing about his findings and when that would have been? Um, The soonest that I actually was able to get somebody to write me a printout is when I took it February 28th back to the person who did the inspection. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I was I was working and between having a family, it was like I was doing things when I could. I was bringing it to the mechanic. I was saying, well, how do I get my money back from this guy? It's not running. Well, what I ended up doing was it, it was a part of buying a card that was originally owned by someone in New Hampshire. They give you something called a dealer's reassignment. Um, and I noticed that that had the name, the clunker junker as being the person that owned it before Mr. Gavea. When did you notice that? What's funny is that my mother, who was with me the night that I bought the car, asked him, who's the clunker junker? And he started to get kind of upset. And he said, a clunker junker, you want to deal with it? You call, you deal with it yourself. Why we got to you go. My son's coming. Didn't, you know, you described the scenario and I'm not understanding why you bought the car. Because it wouldn't start when you started it. You see on the title, your mother points out it's a clunker junker. He's rude about it and says, if you want to know, you call. So why buy the car if all that happens? He handed me this after I already signed the, you know. So did you call the clunker junker that day like he invited you to? Yes. And what happened? Yes, absolutely. So I read them the VIN number and someone said, this car was sold to this person, Al Govea, as a parts car that this particular vehicle so what they do is they if you go on their website it literally says we buy junk cars so what they did was they said when we take a car in somebody calls us and we go and we inspect the car we sent a person to inspect it out that car was deemed not roadworthy right that it had so a tell me about that mr govea okay <clears throat> doesn't matter where that I bought the car from. I'm a dealer licensed. I'm, I'm the owner. I work very hard for what I have. I moved to the United States. I was 20 years old. I never had no school. The only thing I did was working and working, all right? So I am a dealer licensed. I have, I have a small dealership. I am the owner. I can buy cars any way I want, and I can sell it to whatever I wanted. No, Mr. Gouveia, did you do any repairs to this car after you bought it? What repairs that I did was... Uh, was changing oils, was um, was a ball joints, and I believe was two new tires. That's the only thing I did. He says that you that you took him to the guy down the road who had fixed the transmission. Oh, he's lying. Okay, what had what the guy was... down the road done? Nothing to the car. Okay, so what were you going down the road for? No, he he. This man come to me and he says. That the trend, he, he checked the car with, with the mechanic, and the mechanic told him that the the, the transmission level was too was 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 overflow. 
So I say, buddy, this, the transmission, the, we check all the oils before, before I sealed the car and I drove this car. So the reason the, uh, that, can you just answer my question? So the reason you drove to the okay, guy down okay, the okay. block was to have that guy check the fluids? Correct. Okay. All right, Mr. Gibbons, um, you're suing for $7,000 for a car that you paid $1,950. So you're suing for treble damages because I guess you're trying to say that this is fraud. Then you're suing also again for another $1,950 for tax tag, title fee, miscellaneous costs of $650, which you've trebled into $1,950. Do you have any proof of these things? Yes, I submitted the bills just as far as, you know, those costs and whatnot. Okay. And then you're also suing for storage fees, $5 a day for one year from April 1st, 2020 (laughs) to April 1st, 2021. Tell me about that. So what I did after the car had these issues where it completely, and I submitted that, uh, you know, it was on February 28th, but the report from the, the station where I brought it to says, customer reports hearing strange knocking noises from engine area, Check noise seems like engine Mr. gone Gibbons, bad. you have proven without, uh, to beyond and to the exclusion of every shadow of a doubt that the thing failed inspection within the seven days. You know what my problem is, right? My problem is that you have a step two to be protected. The step two is you need to prove to me that you notified the seller that you wanted your money back. And it is your word against him on that. So... I'd love to see one stitch of evidence that you, between day 7 and 14, demanded your money back. Because unless you did, I can't help you. You see that, right? Well, that's the thing. I, I, outside of calling him and saying, the car's not running right, why? I want my money if back in the attorney general's office. If you're a guy who took business office, law classes and you claim to be on this like white on rice from the beginning, then you know that you have to prove that you demanded your money back. Where are you demanding your money back? Where? All I need is a text that says I want my money back. Do you have that? I don't because, again, the, the attorney general's office said Mr. you, Gibbons, you have to done. give him a reasonable amount of time I want to help you so bad that I have spent so much time trying to help you finding anything that will help you. Anything. But when I've got a case where you have a failed inspection on January 18th and the next activity is February 28th, I can't dispense with the second part of it. See, you got a call to make in day seven, between day seven and day 14. And the call you got to make, the decision you got to make is, do I want my money back and do I want to return this car? Or do I want to work it out with him and get to some kind of settlement or something and keep the car? Because it's so pretty, even though it doesn't start when I go to test drive it, it's so pretty. So if that, you know, I've got to see what's this guy really thinking? Well, where's all the activity? It's all in March. I think you're thinking it's so pretty. I called him every day. I, don't care I called him every day. Called him. And what I what I also Do did in addition that, to calling no, him was no, showing no, up. It itches me here and you're scratching me here. I'm asking a very specific question. Don't go on to the next thing. Tell me if you have any evidence of calling him every day from January 18th when the failure was until March 2nd when you file a complaint or until March 16th when you finally send notice that you want your money back. Well, I, I was calling him every day, January 17th, 20th, 15th. The, no, the no, dates go past going the 20th. Go past the 20th. Go past the 20th. 
The failure oh, is the that's 18. How I out. What I would need in any event is proof that you demand your money. And the first time you do that is in March. So you have failed the second prong of the test. Therefore, you can't get the car returned under I failed emissions in the first seven days because you're not showing me any proof. In fact, indeed, everything points to the opposite, that you wanted to keep the car, that you're driving the car and that you and, and you don't even take it to another mechanic until the 28th of February. So where are we? Now we're just under regular warranty law. It's a used car. It has more than 100,000 miles on it. And you don't have a warranty on this car. It is a warranty-less car. So based on the evidence that I have in front of me, not only can I not award you $7,000 for a car you paid $1,950 for, nor can I award you $1,825 in storage fees, okay? I cannot award you one penny. And my verdict in this case is for the defendant. You know, one thing you should know is even if somebody says, I'm only going to sell this to you as is, you can still ask for a warranty. And it could be as simple as I want a 30 day warranty on major parts and you can define what those parts are. That's the ball game, folks, because if you don't do that, you take your chances. I left my snowblower in my friend's garage. And the first night it was left there, it got stolen. And by the way, it was the only thing stolen. Can I sue him? Wow. And those are all the facts. We don't know why they that's, left him in the neighbor's garage. We don't know if it's a $500 snowblower or a $3,000 snowblower. We don't know any details other than... Was he paying the, the neighbor no, no, to guard his no. snowblower? Gratuitous. Gratuitous. Convenience. Okay, well, you're the expert on bailments, uh, so why don't <laughs> well, you don't tell us? I don't know about that. So in this instance, what you would have is what we call a gratuitous bailment, where... Meaning that it's not for hire, it's not like for a hire. valet, where you're right. paying them to... Right. Your friend is not getting any benefit for keeping it in the garage. It just happens to be there. But uh, the degree of proof that you need on the, the type of negligence would depend on the kind of bailment. I mean, a, a gratuitous bailment like that, you probably would have to show gross negligence, something beyond just... Yeah, it's, the it's, guy's it's, not it's really obligated. Thin. Very it's thin. very thin. You could ask the guy, hey, can you make a claim on your homeowners? Right. I guess not really. It's not his. But um, No, but... He, Maybe he could. Yeah, and try, try to see if his insurance company... It's would somewhat peculiar that it's the only thing missing, but... Yeah. I get the take that the person who sent us the question thinks it was an inside job, maybe, <laughs> right? Maybe but the he's guy so took sure it of, He's so sure of his neighbor's, um, you know, evil, uh, thieving ways, and yeah. yet he left the thing yeah. in his... I mean, you know, you can't, you can't have it both ways, so... Well, you know what? He's going to have to get out of his shovel. Yeah. Start shoveling the driveway old school, right? <laughs> This is the plaintiff, Lamia Freeman. She says the defendant is her former landlord. She followed all of the rules, paid the rent, and now that she's moved out, the woman's trying to pull a fast one on her by not returning her money. She is not about to let her get away with this and is suing here and now in this courtroom for the $1,600 she's owed. This is the defendant, Thelma Franco. She says this woman broke the law by giving her only five days' notice that she would be moving out. She doesn't owe her a penny. She did not follow all of the rules, and she owes zero. She's accused of holding on tight to a tenant's money.
All parties, please raise your right hands. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Freeman, you are suing your former landlord, Ms. Franco, for $1,600 because you say she's supposed to return and hasn't. Talk to me. How long were you living there? Two years. All right. And then what happens? 2020, I decided to move out. All right. And so what do you do? I notified Thelma of that information. Um, we had a conversation in her apartment. Of course, she didn't, you know, wasn't happy about that. Well, you t- um, what, what day were you having that conversation? December 28th. And when were you going to move out? January. January what? January 1st, 2021. The lease was just for the first year. The second year was month to month. Right. So you gave her four days notice? Yes. All right. So you feel you don't have to give notice? Not that I don't feel like I have to give notice. I let her know that I was going to move out. Okay. There's nowhere on the contract that says that I had to give a certain Well, you don't have a contract. You have a month-to-month tenancy, which is governed by operation of law. So the kind of notice you have to give is exactly what the law requires. Have you ever bothered to find out what the law requires, what kind of notice you are required by law to give in order to terminate a 30-day tenancy? Yes, I printed some items out. And what did it tell you? It does say... It does say that if there is nowhere on the contract that it says that I needed to give a 30-day notice. That right. So you that- don't have a contract. Your contract had a beginning, middle, and end, and it ended. So if you stay after that contract, then you are a month-to-month tenant. Okay? Now, in any event, you didn't move out on January 1st, nor did you move out December 31st. You were there January 1st, 2nd, and you ended up moving on the 3rd, correct? Correct. January was a holiday. Saturday was a weekend. Sunday is a weekend. I was out by Monday the 4th. Okay. Let me hear from you, Ms. Franco. Hi. Yes. Uh, she came by December 31st to tell me oral personal that she's going to decide to move by January 5th, but she ended up moving in January 3rd. That's the reason that I hold her security deposit because she don't follow the rules. Well, let's put it's let's put rules. notice to a side completely, Miss Freeman. Um, let's put the idea that, well, it was a Saturday. Why would I move on a Saturday? If you know that you stayed there three days in January, how do you figure you're not paying rent for January? That's not what I was figuring. She said that she would give me my security back when we talked that first time. And I told her if she needed some money out of the security for the day or two, that's fine. Then the next day, I got a feeling she had a problem with that. Did you have a problem with that, Miss Franco? Were you telling her, oh, yeah, I'll return your security at any point in time? I told her that she's supposed to do the 30 day notice in December 1st. But she said, I need a couple of days for move out all my stuff. So were you able to rent it out in January? No. I yeah. So who eats January mind. rent, Miss Freeman, because you've decided that you knew the law without researching it? Because you got two reasons you're about to lose. One reason is that you didn't give 30 days notice. And she's entitled to have 30 days notice because the whole idea is that she's supposed to find another tenant so she doesn't have to eat the mortgage payment on the month that you leave. But aside from that, we don't even have that because you didn't move out December 31st. You were still living there for three days into January. How do you figure that you get to pick what day you leave and only pay a little? Once you're there the first of the month, she can't rent it out to somebody else who has to move in on the first of the month. So she eats the rent? That's the same thing that happened when I moved in. I moved in December 28th, 29th because she called me saying that the tenant that she had before her was leaving and she didn't like them or something. So it was the same scenario when I moved in. 
I don't know. You have such an attitude for somebody who's so incredibly wrong. I mean, you literally don't have a leg to stand on because it could not be clearer. And you know it because you've researched it after you filed your lawsuit that you're supposed to give 30 days. Once you stay, you are by operation of law, a month to month tenant, and you have all the rights and obligations of a month to month tenant, which in your state requires 30 days notice. But put all that to a side for a moment. You stayed three days in January. You don't get to pay. Oh, I'm just going to, it's not a hotel. I'm just going to pay those three days. Once you stay January, January 1st. She can't rent it out January 1st. So no, you're not getting your security deposit. By the way, the rent is the same as the security deposit, right? No, she got $50 extra. What do you mean? Because I I raised the rent by January 1st. She's supposed to pay $1,650. Oh, so you mean you even gave her a gift of $50. I got you. So, well, you don't have a counterclaim against her. So on her claim against you, zero. You win, Ms. Franco. Thank you very much. Well, Ms. Freeman, the judge said you researched this a little bit. You knew what was going to happen. What's your reaction? What are you thinking right now? I'm not thinking anything. I'm thinking I deserve my security deposit if I did not destroy her house. That's what I'm thinking. Well, <laughs> you're learning this lesson the hard way. I can tell that. All right, Ms. Franco, do you feel bad for her? No, I think she did the right decision. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you're in the right. No question about it. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. All right. right. Here, another case where somebody does research and they didn't do a very good job, Harvey. She didn't have a leg to stand on, did she? Well, she didn't because of the security. And this is a very common issue. And there is a good solution here. And the solution is this, that when you are moving out, you put in writing in email or text that you are moving on a certain date so you show that you've you've given the requisite notice and if there's a dispute memorialize that dispute and point the finger at the person who is to blame marilyn what do you like to do to relax you know i don't relax (laughs) really the answer is she doesn't relax she never stops I, i read i like to read uh-huh. I've been reading a lot lately. I like to be on the water. I like to kayak. That's like your newest favorite thing. I know. Is to go out early in the morning. You're up at like at the yeah. crack of dawn, and you're out the door, and you're out to the bay, which is miles. Yeah, right? no, and it's uh, it's because <laughs> I know because you keep sending me photos right. of the sunrise and things like that. Right, like you'll wake uh, up and I sent you a photo right. an hour ago. Trying to <laughs> torment, torment me for not getting out of bed, I guess, for staying in bed. Yeah, what do you like to do to relax? I like to, well, sometimes I play golf, but I, my oh, latest- sometimes you play golf? Oh, once in a great I am while. a golf widow. What do you mean oh, sometimes you play bad. golf? come on. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I like to play pinball. Yep. You know, I, I don't want to sound like a weirdo or anything, but I'm kind of a pinball nerd, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, you're actually, so. you actually subscribe to a site called Pinball Nerds. Well, it's not Pinball Nerds. It's what Pinside. It? It's a great site. What's it called? Pinside. Okay, you have only referred to it as Pinball Nerds. <laughs> so all I really right. thought it was Pinball Nerds. To all my Pinside brothers and sisters, okay? I don't consider you nerds, really. It is a lot of fun. That and, you know, just um, watch the sunset, have a glass of wine with you at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Kind of, it's not so bad, right? No, it's pretty good.